Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Friendings. My name is Sabina, and I'm here to take a look at the end of friendships, how that loss is experienced, grieved, and made sense of over time. It's not something we tend to talk about, and I'd like to change that. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning back into Friendings. Today, we're going to hear from my friend Fern, who will be sharing a story about a friending of hers. It's a pretty relatable story for anyone who's ever found themselves in a bit of a love triangle with a friend. I am blown away by just how candid and self-aware and open-minded Fern is in her sharing. Even as we were speaking, I could kind of feel her letting go of some long-held views and really being open to looking at the whole experience in a new way. It's the first time on the pod that I'm recording with a guest online, so the sound quality is probably better than usual, but our voices do overlap sometimes and there's a bit of a reverb and delay here and there, but it's not too bad. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Fern as much as I did. All right, well, you, where do you want to start your story? You can start um, anywhere, at the beginning, the middle or the end. Okay. Hello. My name is Fern and my friend that I'm going to talk about today, um, I'm going to name her Patty after Patty Smith. Woohoo. I love it. <laughs> it's quite a long, complicated story. Like I feel quite hard done by, <laughs> by <laughs> this friendship. So I hope it doesn't turn into a boring rant about how much of a victim I am but just like stop me if I start doing that (laughs) um have you had any of my sharings and how I tend to rant (laughs) I reckon we make room for the rant right get it all out and then maybe you know we can start to look at picking start picking it and I do try to pick at it as well and be really honest with myself about my feelings and my motives so I first met Patty. We haven't been friends for life or anything like that. I first met her at work. So um, I had been at this company for quite a long time. And one day there was a new colleague in the office and we had this like really strong, just this immediate connection like it was you know when you just meet someone and it's like something in the eyes or something but there's like I had it with you as well totally yeah you just know (laughs) that this is your kind of person and that you want to be friends with this person and there's just something that buzzes between you yeah it was just a really nice meeting and I remember texting a friend of mine and I was like oh I've just met this new woman and I just know we are going to be good friends I just know it so that was that was (laughs) the beginning because I had such a strong response to meeting Patty that has really played into how our friendship unfolded because I've got such a solid trust in my gut instinct on people Like I've followed it and listened to it my whole life and it served me so well. And so when things started unravelling with Patty, I didn't want to believe it. I always wanted to believe that gut instinct that I had about her in that first meeting. So it impacted the way that it went to shit. 
I just couldn't come to a clear conclusion about what was happening. Like I couldn't see it for what it was and make the healthy decision to break ties with her because I just couldn't believe that my gut instinct had been wrong, Mm. that maybe she wasn't going to be that friend that I pegged at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I've had a similar experience with Chrissy Hind. Uh, was yeah. yeah, and I I thought, you know, one time we smoked some dope together and it was lovely and we were so relaxed and I, I remember looking at her going, you and me, we're going to be friends for life. And then it's just so not the case. Nice. Yeah, and you don't know what to do with that because you go like, yeah, I was so sure. Like, what happened? So sure, exactly. Yeah. So she was going through a lot of issues, personal issues, like um, a breakup and custody, you know, housing insecurities. But like in a nutshell, and just for this purpose, my other friends were like, you know what, like there's just something there that's not right. These are colleagues in the same workplace? Yes. So they would be like my best friends. We're very, very close. So in hindsight, they were right? Well, just again, like just to give you the whole picture, that definitely played into how things unfolded as well. Mm. Looking back, I was like, how did you guys know? Like Mm. right from the beginning. Mm. But I, you know, I would say to them, no, no, no. Like, you know, she's got a good heart. So then... Very quickly, I think that Patty was probably with the company, I don't even know, six months, and then COVID hit and my company made redundancies and Patty was included. We stayed in touch. At this stage, I didn't really know her very well. We had never done anything outside of work and we would only be texting on socials. I enjoyed that level of friendship that we had at that time. It is funny that it had such an impact on me considering that I wasn't that emotionally attached to her. But that's because of the man who's involved in this. (laughs) It was kind of a double whammy. Mm. So this friending with Paddy is my only friending. It's the only time in my whole life that I have felt the need to break up from a friend. Wow. Yeah. The one time. So it consumed me when it was happening. And that's because of my relationship with this man, which we'll get into. But also, I had never navigated this territory before. And I hated it. It was just the worst Mm -hmm. period. What is your secret for just one friending in your whole life? Like, enlighten me, please. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I mean, this is a whole different other friendship that I could talk about, but I did, um, my best friend who I have been friends with my whole life and we're like sisters and just, you know, you couldn't get closer. We are very different and it got to a stage in probably my 20s where I basically had to accept her for who she was and how she did relationships It was all on her terms. She would always be late. She would always cancel. Yeah, she was all over the place. And it was really easy to kind of take that personally and to feel like she didn't value the friendship because it just always felt like a second thought for her. And I came to a crossroads with her where it was like, I've got to accept 
this woman for who she is. And it wasn't personal. Like I could see her treating all of her relationships in this exact same way. And also she would never expect anything more of me. I was allowed to be as late. I could cancel anything. She had exactly the same expectations for me that she did for herself. So that made it easier. So I had this like, do I just accept her for how she is or I need to break up with her? Because this state of being, of wanting her to do relationships how I think relationships should be done is just so destructive Mm. and it's messing with our friendship and it's making me feel bad, it's making her feel bad. And so I made a very conscious decision to just accept her for how she is and it absolutely changed our friendship beyond, like it just became all these great things that were always kind of in the shadow of these negative feelings around and how she communicated and all of that. It just lifted all the negativity away. Just overnight it went and I was just left with this amazing woman and all the good things about her. Like she's truly extraordinary and I could just love her for all of those extraordinary things. And it was a real turning point in how I do friendships, I think. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And anyway, Patty, <laughs> I, I can't remember, like a year or two after she had been made redundant, I left the company and that's the first time we ever did anything outside of work. So it was like years of just messages here and there and really not like a strong friendship at all. So we met for dinner and we, you know, just gossiped about industry and everything It was probably the beginning of a deeper friendship, I suppose. And we both felt like it was new beginnings for us both. And, you know, we had similar ideas about where we wanted to go with our careers and felt like we had kind of levelled up at that dinner. At this time, I was, it was just a friendship with this guy, but it was like really full on. It started as a professional relationship but it escalated into constant messages, in touch all the time, speaking on the phone, more than just Mm -hmm. colleagues, more than a friendship. Like I was not speaking to any of my friends this amount. And yeah, it was just very obvious that we were kind of laying the groundwork for something to happen between us. So was there overt flirting? Well, I felt like there was flirting, but I'm really embarrassed to kind of talk like this because as you'll find out, nothing ever did happen and he never had feelings for me. <laughs> so that's that's embarrassing. It was just really clear cut for me. I felt like we were both really shy about it and we both had situations that we, we lived in different cities and we had, you know, situations at home that would make it really hard and, you know, we would only ever see each other kind of every three, six months. So it was never going to be a long-term relationship, but I was just the amount of contact that we were having. And like, I did see it as flirting. You know, when you're talking to someone and you both know you're in bed and you're texting at 11 o'clock at night mm. and you're saying goodnight and like just that kind of territories. I suppose like for some people, they would define that as friendship, but I didn't. So I was definitely thinking one thing and he was thinking another. But this went on for years. I mean, you did think mm. there was a clip there, right? That nothing ever happened. 
But, you know, I had reasons for everything about why we never took that next step. So she knew of this man, but they weren't friends or anything. I would just talk to her about, like, do I have feelings for him? Is this something? You know, we talk all the time and there's this and there's this. Anyway, I was kind of like building my case about is there something there, isn't there? Um, You know, I've got this, like, massive crush on this person. She was great to talk to because she knew of him, you know, his kind of profile, I suppose. But, yeah, he wasn't friends or anything like that. So she was the perfect person to talk to about it. Then I can't even remember how it was. Maybe she told me she started chatting to this man on socials. So this man is quite active on socials. So I think that they probably connected in their DMs about the content that he posts. A friendship bloomed between Paddy and this man very quickly. That was, like, quite confronting. Like, at the time, I just thought, who would do that? (laughs) And do you think she slid into his DMs after she knew about you guys? I don't know. But she would have said to you, like, while you're talking to her about your crush, she would have said, oh, yeah, I've I've chatted with him, he's cool or whatever. And that never came up? Not only that, but, like, she 100% hadn't met him ever before in her life. Mm. Like, this was all messages online. So we kind of just existed in this place, which I found quite uncomfortable. But I still had this friendship with this man, you know, talking to him daily. So I knew through Paddy's stories that they were talking and connecting and we existed in that place together for quite a long time I think like I had accepted that they had their own friendship you know that took some kind of effort on my part to really be honest with myself about what was jealousy and you know I can't control two adults being friends and and all of that but I was in a good place with just accepting that that's the way it was and trying to be kind of an adult about the situation. And then I was at Paddy's house one day for lunch and she just came out of nowhere and said, oh, my God, I think I'm developing a crush on this guy. She didn't say it like we've got this situation I really didn't see this coming I need to talk to you about it I'm so sorry how are we going to navigate this I think I've got a crush on the same person you do she said it as if she knew nothing about my crush like I had never spoken to her about it that this guy was just some dude that she was talking to And, like, I can't believe I let this happen, but I went home allowing her to get away with that. I think I made it into a joke, like, oh, my God, could you imagine if you and this guy get together? That would be so hard for me, ha, 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 ha. So I brought it up because it was like this big fucking elephant in the room, but I brought it up in a jokey way. And if I had had my time again, I would have said, dude, what are you doing? Like, if this is a situation that we need to talk about, can we just acknowledge the fact that this is a really horrible situation that we find ourselves in? And as two female friends, how are we going to look after each other during this? Mm. Rather than 
just pretend yeah. that it wasn't a thing. So anyway, I went home after that just reeling. I was like, who does that? And then I get a text message like almost straight away as soon as I left about how much I mean to her and a man would never get in the way. She was like, don't worry, nothing's ever going to happen. You're more important to me. As things kind of unfolded, Patty and this guy started collaborating on things which I was involved with in some ways, which I pulled back from because I couldn't bear the triangle that we were in. And so it was just that place, but it just got really, really intense. And actually, I did speak to Patty about how she told me initially about how her feelings had evolved. And I said to her, if we're going to navigate this, we need to be just really honest with how we're feeling. Like if you had just come to me and said, fuck, this has happened, it would have been so much better. And she completely accepted that. And we really resolved that in a really great way. And so again, I was like, okay, this person is emotionally mature. Maybe we can make this work. But Patty would do really similar things. Like we would just be together doing something and she would just kind of like look off into the distance and say, oh, I I spoke to this guy, you know, for two hours last night and just say really insensitive things again without any kind of acknowledgement of the situation that we were in or acknowledgement of my feelings or sensitivity around the fact that, oh, that would be a really hurtful thing for me to know about and, like, I don't need to know all those details. Um, He invited Patty up to stay with him and, you know, she was dreaming about that weekend and talking to me about how excited she was to go up and, again, just no acknowledgement of how that would make me feel. There were just so many moments where I should have said, what are you doing? Why are you saying that to me in my house? Like you've got to know that that would be hurtful for me to know about that. Yeah, I didn't. Like I just said all of those things in my head and talked them through with other friends rather than challenge her about them or approach her about them. So I just let... I let it happen. Why do you think that is? I think there are a few things. Because this relationship with this man meant so much to me, I was very careful not to give Patty the impression at any time that I had a problem with their friendship or that I was stopping her from having a friendship with him. Or basically, I was just super, super aware of things that Paddy could take back to this guy and tell him. So I was being like overly accommodating. So I wasn't ever going to look like the bad guy to this yeah. guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> just looking back, I just cannot believe that I cared more about what he thought of me than my own mental health. I was just so exposed and I was being hurt by Paddy and him because I felt like we had this unspoken connection that was still happening during all of this time. And I just let myself exist in that place. 
just so he wouldn't think that I was jealous. But that was my worry, that something that I would say, if I went to Patty and was like, hey, when you tell me about your relationship with this guy, it's really hurtful for me. I was so scared that that was going to be misconstrued as Fern Mm. is jealous, that Fern doesn't want us to be friends. And that was like the worst case scenario for me during this time. So I just let her behave like this and I just sucked it up. But all the while, obviously, I was storing it away and like building resentment. And I had all of these feelings towards her just waiting to like come out. (laughs) Was it an option for you to withdraw from the crush to kind of dial it back? A hundred percent. What I should have done years ago, and I was too much of a baby, was just say to this guy, hey, is something like happening here? I don't know. I can't really tell. Sometimes I think yes. Sometimes I think no. I should have just gauged that situation a very, very long time ago. And I could have done that without laying all my cards on the table. I just wish I'd been honest. The friend that I was talking about before that, like, I have this kind of unconditional friendship with, during all of this, she said something that I tried to remind myself of again and again and again during this. She was like, there is no shame in liking someone. Mm. Like, why do you feel embarrassed that you like someone? Even if he knows, lucky him. Be proud of who you like. Even if he doesn't like you back, what a wonderful thing that you've been drawn to him and that you like him. Like, that's a beautiful thing to happen and you should be proud of it. Don't ever be embarrassed about who you like. I love I was like, why am I embarrassed? Mm. So when you're hearing from Patty about how she's got a crush on this guy, did you ever get a sense that it was reciprocated? I went back and forth on that. Like, I think if I had to lean one way or the other, I definitely thought it was never going to happen between the two of them. But there were times where I was like, oh, shit, this could actually happen. Like, they could actually get together. And when he invited her over to visit him? Well, he's invited me a lot to his house as well. So, again, like I had kind of reasons for everything. He he invites everyone over because he doesn't live in a city and, you know, he likes having company and he's got the space. So, yeah, I didn't – I tried not to put any weight on that. So he gets together with Paddy. That's where this story is going, obviously. So my worry then became about Paddy – telling this guy my feelings did you end up telling him to kind of make sure that he heard it from you so um basically they got together and the way that I found that out is that Paddy called me and said that she had something to tell me that was that she and this guy are into each other and that she's really sorry and she wishes that it didn't go this way and, you know, she's there for me and all of this kind of stuff. My first and probably my only question on that phone call was, have you told this guy about my feelings for him? And she started umming and ahhing and backtracking and I was like, Paddy, just tell me, just tell me. Does he know about my feelings for him? Have you explained the situation? Basically, yes, like she had. And she started saying that he had picked up in the last couple of months that you've really gone very flirtatious. 
he was suspecting something, but he thought it was nothing and all of this stuff. Anyway, I was very calm. I could see this happening for a while. Like it wasn't a huge surprise. And after I got that information, I just didn't want to talk to her. And I was just like, look, I've got to go. This is just life, isn't it? Is the last thing I said to her. (laughs) (laughs) Then I messaged the guy, you and Patty Hay or something like that. He wrote back to me and basically pretending that he didn't know that this was an issue for us and that, that we had been in this kind of love triangle. And then so I lost it at him and I was like, can we just fucking start being honest with each other? This is shit for me. I've had feelings for you. I thought this was going somewhere. It's fine if you don't, but can you not pretend that nothing is happening? Because if we had talked about this before, got to this point, then we wouldn't be here. And that's when I first started hearing from him about I was just a friend. Is he clueless? Like, is it? I know. How does a man operate like that and not kind of have an inkling that, oh, shit, um, am I sending the wrong message? You know, I like know. he's doing it with you. He's doing it with her. You don't know who else is in the mix. After this all like came to a head, I found out that he had another female friend. Basically, he had another me. And when she found out that he was in a relationship with Patty, she broke off the friendship. She was like, how can you have taken me for a ride like this? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought something was happening between us. When he told me about this other friend, he said, it's happened to me all my life. (laughs) It's like, come on, dude. So the next time I heard from Patty, she texted and she said... She always said the right thing. I mean, this is kind of an issue that I have now after our friending, but she's very versed in, like, therapy language and, you know, she's very progressive. She loves to make everything into a therapy session and she weaponizes the language. But, you know, at this stage when she texted me the next day, it was all like, you must be feeling horrible and I'm really sorry and um, I really want to talk to you about this, but I know that you don't owe me anything, but I'm here when you want to chat. She said all the right things and I texted her back saying, thank you for that. Yeah, I really don't feel like talking right now, so thank you for respecting that space. Like I said before, I was just consumed by it. So all like thinking just constantly about um, how she did this and how she did that. And if he if he really meant that, then he wouldn't have said that. Like I was just mm. in deep about mm. what went down, how it went down. And I recognised that I did need to talk to her about it because I can't keep going like this. Maybe I can find some peace if I talk to her about exactly what happened and how I was feeling. So then I texted probably a couple of days after she reached out and I said, I feel like I'm punishing you by not talking to you. That was another worry of mine. I was very aware of wanting to punish her. And so I didn't want to play games. I knew that she was desperate to talk. So there was kind of that appeal of withholding that from her to get back at her. And I didn't want to do that. So I said all of this in a text message and I was like, you know, let's talk about this. 
that's when I got a text message back saying that she was in a really bad place now. Her mental health was really bad and that this whole situation had really affected her. The thought of hurting a woman just hits her primal core and she can't talk to me right now. She felt that the phone call that we had um, when she told me about the guy and her getting together, she felt uh, extremely interrogated by me that, you know, she needs to kind of process that and recover. So now is not the right time to talk. <laughs> so she's the victim. Very quickly, she became the victim. Mm. And that's when I was like, this girl is fucking dangerous. Mm. If we can go through this whole situation and for me to be bending over backwards, accommodating the way that she navigated all of this, which was just hideous. I made so many accommodations for the way that she navigated it. And then to, I think, be extraordinarily generous at the end talking to her, even, like, so bloody gracious on that phone call. Like, I know that phone call and I was not, like, I was firm you know, I kept on asking the question that I wanted an answer for, but there was no interrogation. For her to kind of rewrite history in that way was like chilling. It sounds like you weren't letting her dodge the question. Exactly. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about how that would feel for her on the other end of the phone. I was panicking that this guy that I had had a crush on, who I was extremely close to for two plus years, knew that I had uh, had feelings for him, which was just like, that's all I could see at that moment. It's all I cared about and I just needed to know. I feel like I'm such a, even this was not that long ago, I feel like such a different woman already. <laughs> that wouldn't be my first kind of worry anymore, I don't think. Anyway, the echoes of my friends saying years ago, she's no good, we can tell that she's no good. I was like, oh, wow, I'm never going to be able to have a really open, honest adult relationship with this woman who is incapable of owning her own actions and feelings and behaviours. Like, you can't go anywhere when someone's incapable of doing that, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So then we did this, like, funny thing. You know, when she said that she had really bad mental health and couldn't speak to me, I was like, all good. And then she texted me. I can't even remember the, the, the timeline. But the next move was that she texted me. But because I had had that taste of how she was going to resolve this issue... I was like, no, actually, I need to end this friendship because there's just nowhere to go if you're not willing to talk about exactly what happened. So then I was like, you know what? I think at this point, us talking is just going to open old wounds, like no hard feelings, but let's just move on with our lives. And, you know, I'll definitely see you around because we, we move in the same kind of circles. And so then she accepted that. I think there was one more, actually. 
when I was like, you know what, maybe we should talk about it. And then she came back saying, no, I don't want to. Like it was so, it was getting to a ridiculous level of this tennis that we were playing. There was a long period of us not talking. And I'm still friends with the guy throughout all of this. Nowhere near like we were. I barely speak to him anymore. And I've really kind of established very clear boundaries around that friendship. And now we are just friends like we always were. But it looks like a friendship to me now rather than anything else, which is much clearer and easy to live with. It's actually him who started talking to me one day about how Paddy loves me and misses me and we're both kind of in similar places in our careers. And so this guy was like, you could really be supporting each other during this time and isn't it a shame that this has happened? And I was like, yeah, it sucks and, you know, no hard feelings. Anyway, a couple of days after that conversation, Paddy reached out and we met mm-hmm. and we talked about, like, we, we talked about enough, basically. You know, I said enough to her. I didn't drag her through the coals like I wanted to. I tried to be really mindful of expressing how I felt hurt by it all and the ways in which her actions hurt me without kind of punishing her and yeah she was just you know very receptive to that and able to kind of say sorry and give a little bit more context around what was happening for her did it help it helped because I feel like it's resolved and I think that that's really important for me and that's one of the things that I've learned about this because So much of what I was reading and the messages kind of that I was absorbing from social media and and other friends were, you don't owe anyone anything. And if someone is not treating you right, cut them out. You don't owe them an explanation. You don't have to feel bad. Like if someone is not a good friend and is toxic, just cut them out of your life. I just kept on thinking, like, I can just cut this woman out of my life. I'll just cut her out of my life. I don't owe her anything. And that's pretty much what I did. But I know now that that just doesn't work for me. Like, I'm not willing to just cut someone out of my life without resolving what happened as best as the two people in the friendship can. It was just always playing on my mind. Definitely time healed some of the wounds. I wouldn't think about it a lot and I didn't think about it as deeply and I didn't feel so hurt by it. So the sting kind of lessened, but it was still there. Like it was still a weight and it was still unresolved. And it wasn't until I met with her and we had this conversation and there felt like there was some resolution that I really honestly feel like I've moved on from it. So I just don't subscribe to that approach of just cutting someone out of your life. It's not healthy for me. There might be times where it's appropriate, where somebody's really doing you grievous harm, but it feels like we're leaning on it too much because it allows us to maybe dodge hard conversations. Because, I mean, we see all this stuff on social media, right? And we take it as some kind of gospel. Who the fuck's saying it? You know, what's their history? What's their level of expertise? And their worldview. This is, you know, something I've been talking about on the pod a little bit is about ghosting people. There is in in one universe, Patty 
could have used that same message from socials to justify cutting you out of her life, to justify not having a conversation with you. Exactly. Which is actually what you needed to heal. Yes. You know, so like we're, we're possibly denying people who used to mean a lot to us, okay, things change, but there's an opportunity to honour what was once there. Yeah. And to move forward, you know, a bit freer. Yeah, I think for me definitely, like it was festering. It just, I feel free from it now. Yeah. Are they still together? Do you know? They're still together. I mean, they make a lot of sense. They make way more sense than I did with this guy. Like I always thought that. That's the disappointing thing about this situation. Like I would have been really understanding about the two of them getting together. I really think that her feelings were genuine. Like it was weird that that she did kind of initiate and strike a friendship with someone that I had those feelings for. But I don't know really what happened there. And so like I really was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. If she had just come to me and been honest about how shit it was and cared for me in a way that I expect my friends to care for me, we would have got through this without any friendings. I know it. When, when she did come to you and said, look, you know, we're together, that second conversation, not the one where she blurted out that she's got a crush on it, but that second conversation, yeah. the way you described it, it sounded to me more like how that first conversation could have gone. Definitely. Yeah. Except when I had that gnarly question for her, mm. that's when it went off the rails. I'm even kind of like, I completely understand that she said to him, fuck, Fern likes you. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah, I can totally imagine that happening. Yeah. I do not expect my friends to be perfect. But when those mistakes happen or those unfortunate things happen or if one of us gets hurt, we talk about it. That's the key. Like, I don't think that having a friendship is about not making mistakes or being perfect or, you know, acting a certain way all the time or a set of rules that you've got to follow. It's just about when it goes wrong, how you process it and how you take care of each other. Yeah. And sounds like she just got very uncomfortable with the potential conflict. Exactly. And like, I even think back to those times where, you know, she would just dreamily kind of just out of nowhere be like, oh, I can't wait to visit him. But even at the time, I wondered whether that was a real burden for her. The fact that she had these developing feelings she would have sensed that he had the same feelings for her. So she would have been like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm in this horrible situation. And I wonder whether that was just her way of telling me without telling me. Yeah. Because she couldn't she couldn't bring herself to just being straight up honest about what was happening. So she had to give me kind of these anecdotes or these clues that something was happening so I could piece it together. So down the track when they inevitably got together I had been warned yeah and who knows maybe she just she hasn't developed those skills for a reason maybe she didn't have those skills model for her growing up in her family like that's kind of, you know we, d- we don't just have these skills it's stuff we pick up on stuff we learn stuff we're exposed to 
So even in that sense, if somebody doesn't have those skills, how much of it can you put on them? Yeah, 100%. We all have our own kind of insecurities and um, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. But I suppose it's we don't have the capacity to kind of work through that with everyone. No. So it, it comes down to how much does this person mean to me and am I willing to put that work in with them to maintain a friendship? And I'm not willing to put that work in with Paddy, I've decided. So we've gone back to the very first days of our friendship where, you know, we send a message or two on social media. We don't hang out. She doesn't know much about my life. I don't know much about her life. Yeah, boundaries. And you can understand someone's behaviour and motivations and all of that stuff and give them the benefit of the doubt. But that process of rebuilding the trust. Exactly. And not always possible. Like sometimes you're just kind of done. Exactly. And your context has changed so much. Yeah. My marriage was breaking down and um, it was COVID. Like I was locked inside my house and it was someone who I was chatting to all the time. Mm -hmm. So he was a distraction. He was very attentive, very affectionate. He was just what I needed. It was so important to me Mm -hmm. at that time. Those were like really particular times, you know, around COVID and lockdowns and it's a really intensely lonely time and you found this amazing connection. You both did. Yeah, I really loved our friendship. I loved chatting to him. I respected him so much. I was like very attracted to him. So it was intense, but it lifted very quickly because I think there weren't the foundations there that, that like, made it love or, yeah. It sounds like the extenuating circumstances also changed, you know, with COVID and the lockdowns yes. and all of that changed. So, exactly. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, yeah. The context is so important. I know. You know, and this guy, I don't know what his story is, but if he's kind of rural and he's finding these connections online... It wasn't even a triangle. It was a freaking quadrangle when you consider the other chick and who knows how many other chicks. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I know. I think definitely that is an issue for him. And both of your focus seemed to be kind of on the guy. You know, you had the expectation maybe of her to like, well, how much do you value this friendship? You know, you need to value it enough to navigate how we're going to handle this thing. And then she came to you and she actually did sort of start off well in that second attempt. And I'm wondering, you know, what she got back from you was really, yeah, 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 put all that aside. What have you told him? Which is so like your focus was 100% on him and not your friendship, which is what she was there to try and salvage. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, true. So there was a good year or so of just we didn't have really, really honest, difficult conversation right up until she phoned me to tell me that she was with him. That's really the first time that she, using her own initiative, made that difficult call and had that difficult conversation with me. Mm. But, yeah, my first thought was about the guy, but that's because the guy was way more important to me than, than she was much, much longer friendship, 
spoke to him way more. I valued my friendship with him way more. And in my mind, he had done nothing wrong. Like I've reflected a lot on that. I think that he is accountable for where we ended up, me and him. The fact that I was confused about how he felt. I think that he needs to own some of that as well. But at the time, he had done nothing wrong. It was all she. She had been a bad friend to me, but he hadn't. Yeah. And, you know, as women, we kind of do tend to do that with each other, where we hold each other accountable to a standard that we don't necessarily do with men. Yeah. I think so too. Mm. If I feel like I'm in a pickle with a female friend, those emotions do just feel so different. And maybe I do have like a different set of expectations. Yeah, I feel like we give guys a pass sometimes, probably because of stereotypes about masculinity and, you know, how in touch with their emotions they are or how articulate they can be, you know, whereas we just assume like women should know, they should be in touch with their feelings and be able to speak about it, you know, with some authority and clarity and... Well, I haven't yeah. always been able to, you know. I agree. I think there is a double standard. Mm. I think you learned. That was a period of intense learning, right? Yeah. I mean, it definitely had knock-on effects for my marriage and also just creating boundaries for myself. Like, I will just do that now moving forward. And if I feel like I'm in a place of uncertainty that is doing my head in and I have the power to get answers, I'm going to ask the fucking questions now. So I move out of that agony of not knowing. Yeah, that's amazing. You know yourself better. You're more direct. You're boundaried. Yeah. You grew the fuck up to a degree. Yeah, definitely when it comes to conflicts. Yeah. Like I'll always seek out a resolution with someone I've had a conflict with after this. Well, I'm just so stoked that you came on and shared your story. I know it's not an easy thing for people to do. And you know. Thank you. It was, yeah, I like it was good to talk about it all again and yeah. to reflect on the, the positives that came out of it as well. It's therapeutic, the space you create. Because at the time it's so hard. And then, like you said, you know, time does heal. And to get that perspective down the track. And then yeah. you, you can kind of actually almost be grateful for those people. Totally. Yeah, I do feel grateful. I remember saying to Patty along the lines of nothing's black and white, this is just life. If you met Patty today, do you reckon you'd strike up a friendship? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I would. I reckon we would still have that twinkle between us as well. That chemistry. Yeah. And I think that that's real between us. Like I do, I do miss parts of our friendship. There are parts of her that I don't have with any other friend. So Patty's like extremely open-minded, like so open-minded, nothing can shock her and she is just endlessly inclusive. Anything you say or feel or think, she is there to, to consider with an open mind. And I miss that part of her. 
So then knowing, yeah. knowing that you probably would be friends if you met again today and then having reflected on the friending, what's stopping you from bringing it back with Patty? Because I feel with Patty, she uses that language and the skill that she's got kind of a talent for. I feel like she does weaponize it and use it to get away with bad behavior. I don't think that she's capable of working through conflict well. So even though I could get us back on track, I don't trust her ability to do the same. So you learned so much from it, from the friending. You don't think she's also learned and might actually do better next time? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and, you know, like we all weaponize our strengths, don't we? Oh, I know. You know, like I'm a writer by trade. I, I can put together words better on the fly than, say, my husband. And so if we're fighting... I will destroy him. That's me weaponizing my strength with words. Like we all do that. (laughs) But when Paddy does it, it becomes a lie. And it's like, how are you meant to work through an issue if they're not even able to talk about what really happened? Yeah. Oh, totally. And that's the trick. You can do that and then catch yourself and then be accountable for that and say, you know what? I did that, I said that shit, I've calmed down now, let's talk. I'll put my defences down, I'll put my words away (laughs) and and I'll I'll listen, talk to me. Now I am thinking like, oh, God, should I, like, let the friendship blossom again if if that's what happens? But you know what? I hear my other friends being like, what are you doing? Which they would, they would, because, you know, they, they heard all about this. And, you know, they were always like, we told you, we told you she was no good. And now if I went back to being friends with her again, maybe that plays a part too. Yeah, it's funny. There's so many things that play a part in whether or not we choose to keep somebody in our lives or to have that kind of restorative conversation with somebody, right? Which is a lot of it is what are other people going to think who've heard about the saga? Am I just going to come off looking flaky or like a hypocrite? You said something about just wanting to punish her as well, and I think that's behind a lot of ghosting that's happening right now. Yeah, okay, people might be avoiding hard conversations, but there's a sort of satisfaction in just ghosting someone, that stonewalling. It's like, fuck you, you know, suffer in silence and not knowing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I'm so grateful, and it's such a good story. I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate. Thank you. That was really fun. How good was that chat? I mean, what a story, but also Fern's reflections, right? It just blew me away how even right up to the end, she was willing to rethink her position. And it's that kind of open-mindedness that really sets us up well to restore our relationships. And it's really inspired me to rethink some of mine. Fern mentioned seeing the content on the socials about how we don't owe people anything and to just cut people out. I see that stuff too and now I'm thinking this idea of cutting people out that's kind of like what you do with a cancer right that's what you do with something malignant that's a threat to your life and sure there are certainly relationships that 
can be abusive like that and people need to get themselves to safety. But in situations that aren't critical in that way, like what Fern was describing and a lot of, you know, friendship scenarios, I imagine, it's pretty harsh to think about human beings that we've cared about and connected with as something to be surgically removed and disposed of. Language is important and we should take a closer look at the metaphors we're using and leaning on to justify our positions and our actions. It's pretty hardcore to liken someone to cancer. The other thing that this conversation got me thinking about is conflict and how we expect people to conduct themselves in a conflict situation. If there's anything we can tell from all of human history is that we humans suck in conflict. Conflict resolution is its own multi-million dollar self-help and organizational training genre for God's sake. We are not good in conflict, maybe especially so in Western culture where we tend to shy away from it and where there's this real fear around acknowledging it, let alone addressing it. Especially when we find ourselves in conflict situations with the people that mean a lot to us and who we care about, it's really goddamn scary. We know this about ourselves, and yet we expect the people in our lives to somehow magically step up in a conflict situation and handle it like a pro. And when they inevitably freeze or flee or fight or whatever, we're pretty eager to judge them for it. And their conduct during that time when they are the most confronted and far from their best can be potentially used to write them off, note accounting metaphor, regardless of everything that's come before. And so maybe we should be using these opportunities to get more practiced at conflict resolution, maybe even welcome them. I can't help but return to the concept of fractals that's covered in Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. She talks about how the way we conduct ourselves in interpersonal conflict is in direct correlation to the way the world at large operates, whether it's in social justice, geopolitics, environmental justice or any other arena. At the very least, making this a practice allows us to hone this skill so that we can not only model it for the next generation, but use it to stay in relationship with them as they grow and begin to challenge us and all the old ways which we will no doubt come to represent. So yeah, lots of thinking sparked by this conversation with Fern. Thank you, Fern. Thanks to you for tuning in and for being a friend of the show. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I will catch you next time. Take care. Friendings has been created by me, Sabina Shah, on Paramount Country. Writing, production and sound engineering also by yours truly. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate and review or tell your friends about it. It really helps, so thank you for that. Feel free to get in touch via Instagram at friendings.show. Oh, 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 oh